new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. TK, nothing happened this week, right? No, this was an uneventful week in the Toronto Real Estate or Canadian Real Estate uh, Channel, uh, economy. I don't know nothing. what the hell we're going to talk about today. This nothing is going to be a dull episode for sure. Oh, wait, 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 wait. They raised the overnight interest rate. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a dream. Same. I was hoping that was a dream. That it was 50 basis points. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. 50 the you were I, betting on? I just said that because I wanted to be different. If what did I, I knew, say? I knew that 100 basis points was an option. I would have said 100 just because everyone was saying 75. I just wanted to be different. What did I say? 75? I'm not sure. But let's say you say 100. I'll, I'll back you up on that. I don't you know think who I said 100? 100. You know who said 100? Mike? Frank. Frank? <laughs> Frank? Frank said 100. Yeah. No way. When? When? Like though? way before and like the day before and like the whole, like leading up to it, he kept on saying 100. Yeah. I saw yeah. a couple of people talking about 100 like the day before, maybe two days before, but I was like, yeah. whatever. No, he was this saying is just it, headlines. He was saying it more. He does have a, you know, major in economics. So maybe he knows a few things. In my experience, that would actually mean the opposite. But hang on a sec. We have. A, uh, a brilliant guy ready to rock and roll and join us on the show. Love it. Let's do ready? it. Are you ready? Okay. Here I'm we go. always ready. Here we go. Plug her in. Plug her in. Can you hear me? Can you hear now me? Now I can hear you. Before we start. You remember Before we it. start. Before we start. Let me hear. So excited. I'm so excited. And you know who should be really excited? The listeners. They should be. We have scoured the planet for real estate technology and we are bringing the real estate tech to this podcast for our listeners so they don't have to go and waste their money on a bunch of stuff that they don't need excited to learn more about it yeah. all right ready i'm born ready born ready tk yeah. if you're so listening right now here? you should be liking and commenting and subscribing so if you haven't liked just do a little like if you haven't commented before now is a good chance to comment if you're not subscribed you need to ask yourself, why are you not subscribed? And if you are subscribed and you haven't hit the bell, why not? What the hell? What is you know on? how many people are subscribed and haven't hit the bell? It's, it's absolutely shocking. Welcome no. to the show. Here we go. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Jeff um, from a company called The Habistat. Um, we've been around for about two years, uh, kind of started as a pandemic project. Uh, you know, we're kind of all locked up um, and we started looking at homes. It's kind of our, the time where we were starting to look for something to buy. I uh, realized it's just so hard to get good information out there. Um, and that's kind of where this thing started. Uh, I have a data analytics background, started posting some charts on Reddit. A lot of people were liking it. Eventually transformed into this. So, oh, wow. Cool. It's been a, a fun journey. Um, I got to meet a lot of uh, interesting people in the business and looking forward to meeting you too. That's great. Yeah, this yeah. is great. I, 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 uh, I'm a big fan of your charts for sure. And I've seen quite a bit of your work actually. And, and I know that your, uh, your product is far superior to, to most. That's for damn sure. I see a lot of people using it and quoting it in their videos as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gets referenced a lot. Awesome. It's a reference a lot. Yeah. You're making waves, man. And that's so great. That's like uh, a nice little uh, f from the ashes of the pandemic kind of story, right? Yeah. I had to do something to keep busy. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the pandemic, uh, you know, glory story show, because that's exactly where we come from. I mean, I'm, I'm in real estate, I sell real estate. So potential client over here. 
and Daryl just fights uh, trolls on Twitter all day long. And, uh, you know, we, we're really just, you know, chatting with people in the real estate industry. We've had like a lot of different guests come on. Um, we want to know like all about like your, your system. So I'm hoping that we can give you a little bit of a plug today too, because we have a lot of realtor listeners, uh, and then just get your take on things. I mean, you're looking at the stats and the hard data and we want to kind of get your, get your views and opinions as well. So, you know, completely looking forward to it. Yeah. And especially Um, now with what, uh, what just happened this last week, I mean, so, so have we, does that show? Well, there's no way it's going to show yet, but that's what I want to know is like the last couple of increases. Are they, are they even showing yet? Uh, I mean, to an extent, I mean, can I share my screen here? Uh, If you can't, I will open that up. All right. So we've got a couple of things pulled up. We can work through it, but you asked about the last couple of increases and you know, what this chart is showing is the month over month change. So oftentimes you'll hear kind of the year over year quoted in a lot of articles, right? And it's still saying, you know, prices are up 25, 20% in different cities. Um, you know, that's a, still a useful metric, but um, I also useless. like to track. It's useless. <laughs> We've been saying for the, since the beginning of our show, like anything but month over month is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> like ridiculous. Right. And, and yeah, so what you'll see here, obviously something looks pretty different here, right? This episode is brought to you by Landlord. This Landlord software is a game changer. You upload your properties, right? You upload all the information, income, expenses, timelines, mortgage details, everything that you need to have so that you keep track of everything in your portfolio. And as you go through real-time adjustments in, you know, rent increases and uh, water bills and and tax bills and everything else, they're going to actually give you recommendations on how to make your portfolio more efficient. And it just breaks everything down for me in a way that I've never seen before. Like Excel spreadsheets just don't cut it. I don't think there's a better program or app out there for investors and it's free. Please click the link below for your free trial offer. Thing but month over month is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like ridiculous. Right. And, and yeah, so what you'll see here, obviously something looks pretty different here, right? Um, we're looking at June 2022 here. And, you know, since the uh, CREO's uh, benchmark price is have been released since uh, January 2005, this is like the most significant month over month drop um, since, you know, the, met- the metric started. This is in so, prices. Okay. Canada, yeah. Canada, all home types. Yeah. So what are Canada you guys tracking? So I-, I guess just because we're in the bubble of the GTA, uh, you know, real estate world, you're you're tracking is it provincial is it just across so Canada? Canada there I know that but I mean what are you tracking overall on your site yeah so on our, on our website we have a lot of you know, information available for free um, originally this started as a project we didn't have any product that we were selling um, we have you know a few dozen I think charts on there to just stay informed in terms of real estate prices incomes rent levels etc national um, yeah yeah nationally okay. so you know if I just scroll up here I can look at the location list here. I think there's about uh, 60 locations that Korea publishes every month. So I actually just shared this yesterday. Um, comes out every month on the 15th. Uh, you can see covers most provinces. I think, um, yeah, even Quebec, you know, where it's, it's often hard to get uh, real estate data, there is, there is some on here. Because it's and, in French, right? That's why. Could be, could be. Right? <laughs> their, numbers, their numbers are, you know, the reverse, right? So 36 <laughs> is 63. And that's why it's become, it becomes a little bit more difficult to read. So this is yeah. just Korea. This is just you pulling the information from Korea. Yeah. So this is all yeah. publicly uh, available data here. Um, yeah. You know, it covers a number of locations, home types. Um, and what we try to do is kind of on the right side, lay out, you know, one of the main questions someone might want to be asking about, you know, real estate data in various cities so you know what are the long-term price trends how quickly are prices changing um you know etc it's comparing different cities home types etc so if you're if you're a buyer or seller and you're thinking hey i need to know what's going on in the market i want to see where we're coming from where we are today and where potentially we're going this is a good place to start you have to be an agent don't you have to this is the free this is the free one right yeah this is completely free um So maybe if I just go back here to analytics. It's all public public info, right? So people can just go on there, get it. Yeah. So if they see this huge spike and they're like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm buying now and 
it was always here. And all of a sudden I'm buying at this point, maybe I should be careful. Or I see this exactly. drastic, you know, reversal. It's like, well, maybe yeah. there's a good opportunity for me to get in and, uh, right. you know, take advantage of the, of the situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's high level stuff. Here. Yeah. No, no signups or login needed. Um, you know, include, you click this, you can see, you know, different tools for home price with income, rent, um, also some planning tools, which are kind of interesting. So, um, these are a couple that I like a lot where, um, you can actually look at how long will it take you to save for a down payment? Um, so you're putting, <laughs> like, what is your, income? I never, I never like, I never like that, that you're not going to like right? the answer it's on gonna this one. It's going to take 47 years for you to buy a house in Toronto. Make like more years. money. <laughs> Make more money. 47 years. Rob a right? bank. Won't the 20% down in 47 years be so far out of reach? It's like an infinite number. The answer. Right. Right? Yeah, but, I mean, but but this is used. I know what I know why you're why you have this because this can is we go back to that chart that, that people, you had up there that people use. Yeah, go back to that chart you had up there, the month over month price increase. Yeah, yeah. Is is that what is that what's showing us? Uh, what, where does that end? Is is that showing us that rates have had an effect, or did it, was it showing us that things were already shifting before rates changed? Um, we're no, starting like to change. If, yeah, even, you know, the peak was kind of in February, right? So if we go back to this one, how quickly the price is changing, um, you can see, you know, back in, I guess, January here, uh, prices increased 5.4% on a month over month basis. Um, in March, still positive changes, right? It wasn't until April that, you know, we saw like a modest decline in prices. And now, you know, the decline has been getting steeper each month. So down, you know, 1.5 in April, down 2% in May, down 3.5 in June. Month over month, those are. Month yeah, month. so these are, yeah. those are big break numbers. This, just to break this down, because there's going to be people who are looking at this and saying, what does this all mean? And yeah. anytime that there's a month over month change, I mean, generally speaking, it would be near zero, right? I mean, it would be point something, right? Each yeah. month, generally. And, and of course, in the last little while, it's been positive point three, six, nine, whatever it is. Right. So Ten. now we, we started to see some spiking earlier or in the last two years, we saw some significant growth, some, some months. And now yeah. what we've seen is we've seen the largest decline month over month. And you're at Canada is at three point something percent month yeah. over month decline, which is what yeah. the alarming number is. Cause that's a, that's a big number that we've never seen before since this has been keeping track. Uh, well, and if you make it on a yearly projection, what does that turn into? 36% or something? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, of our compounds. Yeah. Even but more. I've never seen like an annualized month over month ever ever pan out, right? No, yeah. it, it look, at, look at how much uh, volatility there is at each month. I remember when in, in uh, January to February, I think it was, it was like a 9% month over month growth in the GTA, something, you know, roughly. And then it was like annualized. We're going to be double in the next year. Something's wrong. I was like, something's up. Right. I was like sending emails to people. I'm like, guys, there's something that's going to go down because how are we going, how are we going to double in a year from here at this rate? Like this is like alarming figures. So it is a good metric to understand month over yeah. month to, to really sort of predict what's going to happen in the future, right? It gives you a really good... Um, it gives you an idea of what direction things are going, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, build a, it builds a trend, not like versus last year. Like Here's 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 my thoughts. Though, was Dale. there this a is... pandemic last year every year? Was Jeff, there a Jeff, war tell me... last year every year? Like there's so many things different from year to year. But tell me, tell me if I'm wrong here, okay? So if you saw a small percentage increase, right? Then each month, right? So it's bouncing between zero and two percent each month. Would you say that that would be a more sustainable growth compared to a major increase one month? You'd say, "Whoa, yeah. that's not sustainable." We're probably going to see things level off soon. Now, in the inverse, if you saw negative zero to two percent uh, declines every month, you'd say, "Okay, this is going to be a sustainable decline." But because we saw this massive decline are you thinking maybe we're through the worst of it does what does that tell you like i want to hear from you yeah i, I think like anytime you see constantly month every month you know one percent increase two percent uh, anywhere in that range that adds up very quickly right and so it wasn't necessarily that say from february to march we were seeing you know massive climbs but it's the fact that it's happening over and over again on 
consistent basis every month. And I think looking back for the past like 24 months, there was hardly any correction whatsoever. I think like the lowest one was less than 1% and then right back up again, up into the right. Mm. So I, I think when you see that continued growth, um, you know, and you kind of like stack it all up, it adds up to, you know, just a massive price increase that you know shouldn't happen in a short amount of time. And that kind of tells you if you've already seen that growth, you're probably not going to see it going forward. Right. Um, but now the inverse, if we've already seen that contract, you mean uh, kind of like from February till now? Yeah. So or, month over yeah. month from May to June, we just had the largest decline month over month. Right. Yeah. So now would you suspect that, you know, it's hard to sustain that massive declining market from here on out? because of that? Or is that not well, something you would infer? Well, let me, uh, we, we saw the largest month over month decline um, since this was tracked, but what does that actually look like? Is this, you know, fairly small blip when you really zoom out and look at things, right? Mm-hmm. We're heading back towards the long-term trend line. But mm-hmm. if we look, you know, let's say uh, pre-pandemic, you know, like uh, end of 2019 here, we're still hundreds of thousands above that, right? Um, so pre-pandemic. Yeah. 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 So we, we spend more time under the trend line than above it. It looks like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you're going to see the swing well, because now. the trend right now is a lot higher because of where we're at right now, Daryl. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. So, you know, if we were to like continue along the same trend, well, trend line, this ends up around, you know, just over 600 K or so. Um, and you know, the June national prices were over 800,000. So, I would argue, you know, there's so many factors that, that impacted as well. Like, you know, if we were just following the trend, we wouldn't have seen the massive climb. Um, you know, there's just so many uh, social economic factors that could drive things one way or another. So I, I find it hard, you know, the data is, is useful to understand what's happened and what might happen. But, you know, government intervention, um, you know, things happening in other places in the world, all these uh, have an impact on, on real estate prices. Well, I think, I think that there is, there's a reason why people read charts. There's a reason why people use data. And I agree that, you know, you may not have this crystal clear vision on where things are going, but the fundamentals seem to always play out. It's just the timeline is never certain. So that, that trend line, like we're going to get back on track with that trend line. I'm not sure if it's going to be in the next 12 months or 10 years. But, you know, yeah. eventually we'll look at a chart that will say, yeah, that makes sense. Because you can see where 2017 is, where we were experiencing the same thing. And at yeah. that time, Daryl, we would have all said, we're, we're never going to hit that trend line. And then sure enough, by 2019, we're below it, right? So like we're, we're already back on track again, right? So yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, cool. All right. I, well, that's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good tool. So again, just. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to hype you up here, right? So this is just like the the free stuff you guys have taken it. It's from Korea. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, public information. To me, this already seems way easier to read than the Korea website because you got to go through like seven thousand pages to be able to get all this data, right? Like to to get yeah, yeah. each one of those points. Yeah. If you want to do, you know, any more in depth analysis besides kind of seeing what was what was the trend line, then. You know, you have to know Excel pretty well, be, be willing to commit a few hours to sorting through the data. Nobody's, nobody's willing to do that. No, yeah. Nobody's no willing to do that. that. It's why you have a business right now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because no, nobody's, we had a guy, just so you know, we had a guy on our, on our team who is, you know, a stats guy. And I think you're either a stats guy or you're not. I don't think you can like, you know, practice it or train it. It's either you like doing it or you don't, but uh, I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a yeah. lot of stuff, most stuff. And um he, he moved though. He's moving to New Brunswick. Go figure, right? He watched one of our podcasts, Daryl, and now he's taken off and he's moving to New Brunswick. But um, now we don't have right. that ability to have those stats and he would track it every single month and he would just keep on top of it because you, you know who sucks at statistics? And we can say this here. You're, you're, you're okay to say this. The Toronto Real Estate Board. Okay. You're okay. You know, you're, you're allowed to, you can agree. You don't have to say anything. You can just nod and smile because- you're, you're knocking them out of the park by the amount of data that you're keeping track with that they aren't. Right. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, let's get segue into the uh, Toronto specific platform we have. Right. So uh, this is kind of our paid version. A couple of things I wanted to, I pulled up for you guys here that you might find interesting. Um, obviously this is going to be a lot more in depth. Uh, there's a couple of dozen, maybe a few dozen uh, tools in here. 
And, you know, one thing that's been making the headlines quite a bit is, you know, home sells, you know, hundreds of thousands over the asking price. It seems like everything's, you know, every uh, listing has like 30 offers. Um, I think just crazy, right? What uh, this is kind of showing here, it's a pretty, you know, clear trend line uh, down to, to the right, right? So what we're seeing is a percentage of sales above the asking price. In the peak, that was around 88% or so. Now in, in the greater Toronto area, we're looking at you know, less than 40% of sales going above the asking price. And so that's just a huge shift in you know, what we've seen the market do in the past couple of years. You know what I would love for someone to do? Maybe you're the guy who can do it. Forget about over asking or under asking. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to figure out like over actual reasonable value based on like current comps or under, you know what I mean? Like who the hell cares what the asking price was? Everybody knows it was a bunch of horse shit, right? You'd have to build an algorithm though, to come up with that number first. And then, and well, then, but you know, that, uh, many... how Sigma comes up with a value percentage are... over how Sigma valuation. Perce- that could be the, the it's stat. Everybody's, but um, everybody's buying that, that stat from how Sigma, even though everybody knows it's kind of wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be able to make one that's at least as wrong as theirs that we can rely on so that we have a real stat because this, I mean, this is a wonderful chart, but the reality is, is it doesn't mean anything because the asking is like this, throw some, throw a dart at the wall. Remember, you got to think like a real estate agent. We would just create an algorithm that said the the, the values of the are selling are lower than they actually Uh, are. So uh, after we sold it, we'd say we beat the algorithm by 10% and everyone would go, oh yeah, like it's, it's impossible. You know, it's impossible. It's tricky. A lot of people tried it. It's tricky for sure. And you know, uh, was company in the U.S. kind of you know Zillow. saw that really yeah Zillow hold on a second but, backfire right but 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 every realtor with a press of a few buttons is able to come up with what do you guys call them your uh, your your analyses of the uh, comps CMA your CMAs your extraordinarily unbiased and unskewed CMAs that you give out to people right like you guys can put those together some computer mm-hmm, has to be ones. able to go like. Okay, the next two streets over. Okay, if there's nothing there, the next three streets over. You know, like something within this radius to make up some kind of a estimated reasonable value based on the last thirty days or something like that. I mean, that's that's even what I was saying before. Is the appraisers should actually be able to tell you what the value really should be, not what the purchase price was. What What about right? like these are different things, aren't they? What about overseller's expectations? So then you got you got the sellers to be happier. Oh, come on, that can't be manipulated at all. Well, they're all they're all the same, right? Because remember what what Sprinko was saying? He was trying to build one for one building, trying to build an algorithm for one building, and then it was like what elevation, what I'm sorry, exposure, right, so what, yeah, yeah. what renovations do they have? What kind of countertop? Like it was just too finicky. And then the resale housing, you're you're gonna be out to lunch. But this metric here, so, but this is an this, indicator of sentiment in this, the market. Exactly. This yeah, is not. Yeah. This is not anything to rely on values. It's just right. like I'm going into this situation, and it tells me that nobody's paying over asking right now. And there's three right. offers. Do I offer a hundred grand over asking, or do I just give them their asking price because I really love the property? And it can help people make a decision. So hold on. Yeah. So this is telling us about 37 percent of listings currently in Toronto are going the transaction type in the Toronto area, all, all transactions, all like condos and housing. GTA, GTA. Yeah. The whole GTA. 38% are still going above asking price. Yeah. Uh, I know. Let me just zoom into maybe. uh, So we got like Durham here. Durham. Uh, Is Durham getting pounded right now? I sold one over asking five thousand dollars over asking. Darryl. Yeah, and I'm sure and your I put strategy a sold was over the asking. same as six. I put a sold ago, over asking it? sign, anyways. Did you price it the same way you would have six months ago? Did I price it the same way? Yes. I, um, no, not a chance. Actually, like yeah, I did, but it only sold five thousand over asking instead of three hundred. But you would you listed it at the same price you would have listed it at six months ago? Uh, yeah. Wow! Look at you, so full of integrity, TK. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Okay, what just happened here? You were moving things on the fly and everything. 
Yeah, so I, I was uh, sales <laughs> volume over under asking. Here. Now we're going into the we're looking uh, at Halton here. Halton, all right. Um, and, Halton. and so you know, July is you know, only halfway done, uh, but we can see less than twenty percent. You know, seventeen percent of sales going above the ask price. Mm, no and one so, wants to live in Halton. Yeah, it's not even yeah. that. I'm shocked that even that many people that will many, pay right? over asking yeah. in that well, you, you area right see, now some listings that are fairly priced, right? Um, like every kind of agent has their own strategy. Um, so I think it's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. I think overall we would probably want to set settle just maybe around the 20%, 30%. Just, just to clarify something here too, because this is actually really important. It's not 20% of listings that sold over asking Daryl. It's 20% of sales. 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 Yes. Cause yeah. 90% of listings didn't sell. Right, 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 right. So, out of the ten percent that actually sold, twenty percent of them went over asking. Look at all the yeah. under asking. Like, look at these shifts. The- yeah, exactly. Okay. Just a massive shift in sentiment, right? Um, and you know that's why we've seen such a steep decline in, in prices so quickly. This is also what can drive up prices so quickly, right? It's going to be sentiment rather than real economic factors that causes those massive swings. That's what I was just thinking. I mean, the way up, I, everybody I talk to wants to buy something right now. Like TK, don't you just have, we've talked about it with everybody. Like everybody yeah. we talk to has investors, clients, like everybody's just kind of sitting around going like, please just tell me to buy. Tell me it's a good yeah. time to buy right now. Don't, don't let me be an idiot by buying right now, but I, I have money and I want to buy right now. Right. But like, so, so can sentiment just boom springboard back up again? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, of course. You know, especially, yeah. it's, it's tricky. Like uh, chatting with Dan, Daniel Foch about, you know, what are the bull cases and bear cases that are left right now um, on, on the bull side? Um, you know, we're still probably underbuilding quite a bit. Um, we have, you know, still a lot of local provincial restrictions um, and, I'll flip to another article here. Things like this shouldn't make the news, right? You know, 260 new units in Toronto. Um, you know, we, we need a much more larger action than this, right? To, to make a big rapid, housing, rapid housing initiative. What a so, great... rapid housing. Six years later, we got 260 <laughs> affordable units that will there that one bedrooms for $1,950 a month. Yeah. 20% so, so, under market. So, so I feel like. You know, the bull case is that the government is probably not taking this seriously yet. Um, and, you know, with, with low supply, like we're not seeing a lot of new listings yet. Demand has come down quite a bit. Um, but, you know, we're still not necessarily at a balanced market until list, listings start increasing. Or let's talk, let's talk about supply. that. I want, I want yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. Like, because it's hard because people cancel relist and all that kind of stuff. So how do we know, like, the volume of new sellers coming to the market as opposed to just, you know, people yeah. constantly relisting the property eight times because they don't know how to price it. Yeah. That's actually uh, something that we've uh, gotten requests on a few times now. Um, some of the works on our platform, but uh, it's not live yet. No, yeah. It's, I, hard I to, think... it's hard to, it's hard to track property because they do property days on market and then yeah, they do no, the listing days on market. Yeah. So like, how do, how do they do that? How do they know that that one property has been for sale for 90 days, but this new listing is only at 15, but not eliminate all those other listings from the count for new listings? Do you know, you know, you know my question? Yeah, yeah. Um, it would kind of be looking at the actual address ID um, rather than uh, a listing and just kind mm-hmm. of say, okay, if you have one address and in the past year it's shown up five times different listing IDs. Um, kind of looking at the original, like the very first start date compared to like, you know, when it came off the market. Um, and so it's actually not that hard. We just need to invest the time in it, I think. Didn't yeah. you see though, that there were some, some realtors that were kind of dodging, um, do you, you know where it shows you the, the last time it was listed and terminated like the history? Yeah. So some, yeah. some agents were putting like Avenue instead of road. Or putting a period in between. I never heard of that. That's so sneaky. They, right. And so it wasn't showing that it was terminated two, three times. Somebody wow. on Twitter like that's found like, all the. Yeah. That's like professional standards misconduct. Like you should get fined for that. I, if I were to list a property at a million, then I drop it down to 900, then I drop it down to 800 and it sells for 850. 
I wouldn't put the sold over asking sign. All right. I would, <laughs> I would just be like sold, get it done, move on with life. Right. But um, that's sneaky, Daryl. That's really right. And yeah. Yeah. that makes it all, yeah, all much harder to track. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can figure something out for that. And that's like part of your nightmare. Are people yeah. just constantly like custom ordering ideas like from you? Yeah, yeah, they are, uh, which is a good thing. I mean, we it's want to improve right? the product. Um, and, you know, believe we, we, we've been chatting with a couple of boards as well. Because um, right now we're really focused on the greater Toronto area and we want to get this thing across Canada. Right now, like the public data um, from Korea is, you know, fairly limited. We can see general tra- uh, stats for a city or a property type, but I uh, don't have the details, right? And to me, you know, every realtor should be armed with the information um to this 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 should be part of your board like i can't speak for other boards because i know their fees are a lot lower but if you're part of the toronto real estate board they should be paying the habistat a monthly rate for every single member so that when you log in you have the ability to go and search all the data because what they provide us is very 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 high level basic stuff that is not clear cut and there's just so many neighborhoods in toronto you need to have more information to be able to help you and your clients and like, yeah. we have the funds to do it. So I don't understand, you know, why, I guess that's Jason Mercer. You got to talk to, he's the one you got to yeah. lobby. Yeah. No. Things, things are slowly in progress, but, but we'll see. Yeah. Get there. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. So, so um, let's talk about this big rate increase. Like what the, so what, so what, tell, what's your background? Like, are you an economist? Are you, uh, I am not, no. Are you so, a realtor? How did you get into this whole thing? And like, what do you think about what's going on right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's good to caveat that I, I'm not an economist. Um, I started off as an Oh, good. Now we can trust you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, started off as an accountant, got my CPA, um, shifted into the data analytics space where I've been for the past you know, several years. Um, and then re- only recently when I was personally starting to look for a home, um, did I really get in, into a real estate? So that was probably you know, four years ago. Um, and, you know, have been pretty passionate about it since just, you know, there's so much to learn. Um, and, you know, before you really dig into it, it's, it's kind of like a, it seems like it's something that just always goes up. And you don't really understand the rationale why that's happening. And, you know, it's something where you can just constantly learn. Um, I found it pretty fascinating to- uh, topic. And, and are you able to kind of read into these numbers? Uh, like, were you able to see this coming? Were you telling people like for years, hey, guys, like, uh, I, don't, I don't think this is good for anybody. Uh, yeah. Um, so let, um, me, let me show you something uh, I find pretty funny. Not funny, but interesting. Uh, go back here. So on, on this page, uh, it's kind of looking at, you know, it's a simple tool. You're putting in what is the, the current level of income, current home prices, and uh, growth rates for the future. So what we're doing is kind of like projecting, not doing a forecast, but kind of projecting, you know, what, what home prices and uh, incomes look if, you know, the given trend were to continue. So what does this tell you where you can enter the market hopefully one day? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) if we put the current home prices of, uh, you know, 810,000 from June and, you know, in the past couple of years, we've seen an average of 7% growth, right? Uh, Let's say average pedestal income of 80K and that's been growing at about two to 3%. If we look out, say like 10 years from now, that's a you know one point six million dollar home, uh, projected income of one hundred and seven thousand, home home price to income ratio of you know fifteen. If we go twenty five years, we're talking about the average home price of four point three million, average income of one hundred sixty seven thousand, and so it kind of tells you these trends that we've been seeing cannot continue, right? Cannot, well, cannot continue under the current kind of conditions, right? Under the current yeah. system. So, so this is great. So this kind of brings up another thing that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, and, and I think it's a bullish case for the market that could create a floor is all these iBuying platforms and all of these algorithms and all of these uh, big businesses with hordes of cash that are waiting on the sidelines. 
you know, with all these data analytics and all these kind of forecasting tools, you kind of see the necessity for these companies to start eating up the houses so people can afford to rent them because who the hell is going to be able to afford to buy them? Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, the forecasting business is, is tough. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird economy right now. Cause right now everybody's kind of like reshoring and onshoring their uh, manufacturing, but they're offshoring their service labor. Right. And their, their, their IT labor and all of their, you know, the coding labor and, the, and those kind of things. Right. So yeah. we're trying to find cheaper labor on the internet while we're bringing manufacturing kind of back home. Cause we can't rely on, on these chains Meanwhile, like what's that going to do to incomes? That's going to probably lower average income, right? While houses are somehow still going up because like, what is everybody just going to like let that price go simultaneously? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I was listening to your, your last episode uh, this morning, actually before the show, and uh, you're bringing up deflation, right? As a concern. And uh, that's kind of the boat that, that I'm in as well. Uh, you know, I'm seeing it all over the place, even high-skilled jobs where, um, you know, due to technology advances, you know, it is difficult to justify, you know, even current wages uh, going forward. We're seeing, you know, a lot of jobs being replaced by automation. Um, right. You know, people are committing to like these 25-year uh, mortgages, right? And it's hard to say, what does the labor market look like even in 10 years from now, 15 years yeah, and we haven't even seen automation even take hold yet. We've seen like yeah. two or three companies that are really, you know, using it to its f- current full potential and pushing yeah. it even further. But like, wait till autonomous trucks are really like on every road everywhere. That's going to just yeah. wait till, I mean, there's only a few ways to make these houses cheaper and it's going to be through this kind of automation and robotics and AI and those kind of things. So there goes a whole bunch of construction jobs and you got mining jobs. These dangerous mining jobs are going to start getting uh, replaced by robotics. And it's like, like how the hell, so, so, so what, what's going to be as rates are going up, like this is a, a, a crazy spiral we're heading into. Well, in, in Japan and, and other places where deflation was an issue, deflation is like inflation. It's, it's self-fulfilling. So as my income is, is not increasing and I notice that the price of, you know, my groceries or, you know, the, the materials or housing or whatever it is starts to go down. Now I'm looking for deals everywhere else. I want to pay less everywhere else. If someone mm-hmm. says to me, I got to pay more, I say, no, right now things are going down. Just like now everyone says, we got to pay more for gas. Okay. You got to pay more for growth. Okay. Because everybody's on board, right? It becomes part of, you know, the, the consensus. So that when deflationary pressures come in, it becomes now in every area, it entrenches itself just like inflation would. And everybody then starts to say, well, I'm not going to pay more for housing. Are you crazy? And so interest rates and stuff like that, well, I, th- I won't think we'll have as much of a bearing on that type of market. Yeah, I agree. Right. That makes sense. So um, there's less, less, less concern for, for interest rates, which everyone agrees. Interest rates should not be at zero, one, two. Per, like, it doesn't make sense. There's no, no economy but, that's ever said, well, this is a great idea. No, but interest rates, home values, and wages are all so crazily out of uh, a touch with each other that... Yeah. Either wages have to fly way up quickly or house prices have to come way down quickly or they're going to have to reverse rates because look at what's going on right now. I mean, God, another rate increase after this. I don't listen to most economists, but most economists will tell you that rates take like, I don't know, 12 to 18 to 24 months to like push their way through the economy, right? And so we're like a few months off of the first one. We just got hit with a fucking bazooka two, three days ago. And and they're still telling us, hey guys, we're not done yet. Like that was just a really big missile. We we yeah. we we have an atom bomb ready to go in the back. And, and I think um you know, with, with these interest rate hikes, like it's definitely cool the market, right? Like all those charts we were just looking at, we're seeing you know, way far less homes go above the asking price, uh, prices turning trend downwards. But with 1%, you're going to need your home price to drop 
pretty significantly to offset you know that increase in interest cost right and i don't think we're at that point yet um so it is potentially helped a bit in terms of you know saving up for the down payment mm -hmm. but um, in terms of the actual carrying cost is you know probably higher in a lot of circumstances yeah. Especially, um, you're mentioning um, some like the uh, smaller cities, um, say like the prairie cities, uh, East Coast, where interest rates are not going to have a significant impact. Those cities are basically just going to see carrying costs increase. Uh, they're not going to see you know, a decline in home prices. And, you know, they're just kind of no better offering. Yeah, it, pu it pushes affordability, uh, you know, down. And yeah. uh, the, the same thing, the same thing like I'm seeing right now too, any not any number. There's a few, there's a few different ways to be able to look at it, but there's, it's really easy to look at the cost of borrowing and prove that it's actually more expensive right now to, to wait, because yeah. if your borrowing costs go up significantly and prices only come down so much, your monthly payment will be higher. Right. right. And that's what the decision buyers have to make because that's what you're doing. So again, you know, and, and all the, the perma bears on the channel, there are the perma bears in the comments are all going to say like, you know, we're, we're, we're pumping the market Pump here, right? but at the end, at the end of the day, you got, you got to look at it like that. It's like, yeah, maybe you can get a hundred thousand dollar price drop if you wait a year, but oh, your, those your guys cost all of think you're supposed to just buy in cash. You're not supposed to lever up. Right. right? And that's so the whole, that's the whole theory. That becomes, that becomes the, the equation that everybody should be looking at right now is, what, what, what rate do you have? First of all, like, do you have a fixed rate that's locked in still from, you know, a couple months back? Do you have, you know, what, what are your, what are your goals here? Right. Based on how much your borrowing cost is going to be. So those yeah. are all the big questions you have to really look at individually. Like I've been, <clears throat> and I've been talking to so many people lately that locked into, you know, a five year or a four year and they were upset about it. I'm one of them. I was like really pissed. I, now I wish I locked in for longer, right? Because if I took a variable, I'd be higher than the lock-in rate that I'm at right now. And there's yeah, a so lot of people like that, right? I, I think this is an interesting one. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of vulnerabilities in the Canadian housing market because of you know, how we've structured our, uh, our mortgages, right? Typically, I think still for the most part, uh, five-year fixed. But then at the end of the five years, you're renewing it, whatever that, that rate is. What are your thoughts on how it was done in the U.S., where the uh, the standard is basically the thirty year fixed? The amortization period, yeah, yeah that's what's yeah. going to happen here. Not yeah. only that, it's going to be interest only loans because how the hell else? It'll be a combination of those two things. We'll start seeing like crazy amortization periods, and or uh, interest only loans, mm -hmm. right? Right. I think there's oh, a oh. reason why Canada will never do that. I think that there's. Um, the way that OSFI just regulates everything to be, be able to lenders. protect the banking system. It. I think the banking yeah. system is more important than the consumer to Canada, right? They're, 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 they're very, we're very protected, protected of the, uh, the, the big banks, right? We don't want them to ever take on something that they can't handle in the future because it hurts, it hurts the, uh, economy as a whole. Right. So yeah. I don't see that I, coming. I think though, with the 30 year fix, that just, you know, significantly reduces the economic vulnerabilities, right? Um, you, of the consumer. Of the consumer, yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Why, why it, not the bank? The bank borrows that money for 30 years at a fixed number as well. Yeah. It's just, it's a rolling, right? It's just constantly. I, I mean, I, again, I don't, under, I don't understand every detail of how the bank is going to underwrite all these, all these mortgages and, and where they're getting all their money from on their, their securities and everything. But I know that if rates are fluctuating, Right. Banks want to make sure that they're taking advantage of, of all those fluctuations and, you know, turning those profits as much as possible, because I think the, the U.S. banks probably have a thousand times more revenue streams than Canadian banks. Right. So I think that it would be a way to protect the banking system. My, that's what that's what my but, sense is. I had yeah. a thought this morning where I was thinking like so. So we have this thing they call a neutral rate. Right. And it's this target where. They're not stimulating the economy and they're not killing the economy, right? It, it, they, it, it's this target that they want to hit now that they've completely overstimulated the economy that they need to kill the economy to get into. Why don't we stay in the neutral range always? <laughs> for that reason, right? They got to stimulate the economy. Why? The economy, why? Not doing the economy well, won't they go. They say, oh, let's throw some fuel on. on the fire. Let's go. 
all of the realtors say, it doesn't matter. People got to buy. People got to move, right? It's not so, just about housing, though, Daryl. No, but well, the interest rates are, are screwing up everything. Who's putting money into research and development now when your loan is all of a sudden 6% instead of 1%, right? Uh, who's, who's putting money into machinery and manufacturing right now and all these robotics when all of a sudden your loan, your performa just exploded with the cost of, of all of your inputs, right? Like how many, who's starting a new business now when every cost is completely out of control and you don't know where it's going to stop? How do you budget? Why would you mm-hmm. borrow money? And the cost of borrow, it's not just real estate, but real estate drives this mother like a, like like no other. Okay. Like this thing mm-hmm. is leading the way no matter what. So, so good or bad. I, I think it's in everybody's best interest that rates are lower than like 6%. Remember, remember this, the same government who's like this. All right, let's stimulate the economy by giving everybody money and see what happens. Oh, oh, all right. Everyone has too much money. Prices are too high. I know. I know. Let's fix this. All right. Let's give them more money. We'll call it. We're fighting the inflation packages by, oh, by right. giving them more money to see to see if this will help. They're announcing yesterday about some sort of the renters, the renters program where they're giving everybody five hundred bucks to basically give money. to their landlord. Yeah, like, no, not 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 that there one. That that one's part of it. But there's some other thing with uh, carbon tax, right? They're giving back some money to provincial government. They're just announcing it yesterday, like. 500 bucks and like 360 for a individual 180 for a spouse 90 something for kids and all that stuff like they're just throwing around money like left right and center right they gave us back doug ford gave us back the money for the license plates like they just keep on like putting money into this to, to say that people are struggling which they are and they need help but they're fighting a fire by yeah. throwing more gasoline on it kind of shows how immature you know our, our systems are and you know, maybe it's for political points. Maybe people don't have a, a good sense of what the next steps are. It's, it's hard to say. And, you know, it's, it's just going to be tough to navigate out of this. We're, we're in a really tricky situation here with the amount of debt that's been piled on the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, don't, so, but- I don't know what the answer is, but if we get reelected, we'll take the same amount of time not figuring <laughs> it out next term. Yeah. Let's let's see what we can do to get reelected first. Okay, guys? we're gonna need another few years to not figure this out. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely at least another few years, right? Vote no one's figuring me. this shit out. I Nobody. could run off that platform. I think I could win. Right? Yeah. Status quo for everyone. Nothing was, will get done. I promise. I was I'll be the some, only honest politician of all time. I was saying to someone yesterday because you, we were talking about uh, condo boards, and the only good people on condo boards are people who don't want to be on the condo board. And we said about politicians, the only good politicians are people who don't want to get into politics because anybody who really does is not the right person. I said, it's a great campaign. You know, I do yeah. not want I, I do not want to be this. premier. Right. That would be that would be your best campaign. Don't right? force like, I have me no interest in being the premier, but my name's on the sign. If you want to vote for me, it's fine. <laughs> so but is there a point right now where people say, you know what, like I have to buy now? Like these prices, the price, like you're saying, TK, the price doesn't matter. My monthly payments are going fucking bananas here. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Or is this the time where people just go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a renter. I'm going to go put my money somewhere else. And hopefully it grows enough to like compensate for not owning a home. Yeah. So, I mean, if I just go back to one of these charts here, um, here's like the, the over under ask one, right? We're looking at a, uh, sales. What we can do is actually look at leases for the greater Toronto area. And we're seeing Ooh. those just completely shoot up, right? So highest. Uh, oh, so sales know. volume over under ask. Oh my God. But this Lease. is why I'm asking, yeah. like, Leases. are these renter, are these purpose-built rental guys or these guys who are wanting to eat up housing for the purpose of renting them out? Are they not looking at these metrics going like, holy shit, rents are up so much. Maybe they're 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 gonna compensate for the interest raise, or are they have they not gone up enough? Yeah, the, the multifamily guys are looking at that. I mean, at the end well, of the aren't day, aren't they sitting on cash, going like, I don't even care about interest rates. No, no, no. Any any anybody in the um, purpose built rental or multifamily spaces is, is uh, leveraging themselves for sure, right? 
hundred percent. Right. But, but either way, the cap rates are going up right now. It's crazy. Cap cap rates are going up right now because of, because of cost, uh, because the cost of borrowing, but the rents are going up, right? So your net income is, is going to be climbing for sure. These are yeah, leases in these areas now? Yeah, so we're seeing the lease price now. It took a dip for a while, but since, I would say, you know, mid-2021, leases basically across the greater Toronto area have been climbing upwards. Um, and this kind of gets to the problem, right? Like, if, if so many people can't afford to buy, you're going to see people with fairly high incomes. They still can't buy. They're going to shift into the renter's market. Um, which is going to, you know, mm-hmm. drive drive rent up for sure. Um, what do you think will happen in a recession? But is that rents? bad? Is that bad? It's not bad for, for rents to be high. No, for for more people to have to be renters. Um, I mean, I, I don't think renting is a bad thing. Um, you know, I, I lived in San Francisco for a few years, and the culture is quite different. Where there's tons of purpose-built rentals, and you know, we had people on millions of dollar salaries living in rentals because that's the lifestyle they prefer, right? Uh, I don't think we build rentals um, in Canada anywhere close to what they do in the US, at least in certain cities, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's not necessarily bad to, to rent. I think it's more that people want to buy and they're forced into renting because it's you know, not an option. I think that's kind of like the, uh, Canadian. the gap to be closed. Yeah, the, Can- the Canadian um, take on it, right? Like in other yeah. parts of the world, renting is renting. They're not ashamed of renting. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah sure. I rent. No problem. I can pick up and go whenever I want. Right. They got yeah. other means of creating wealth, not just paying down my mortgage and hoping my property value goes up. I think that's why we're so attentive to real estate is because everybody's all in on real estate. Right. Everyone's just like, this is what I'm banking on. My rental properties, my principal residence. I need it to go up. Everyone's bullish. The only people who are like, you know, bears are, you know, for the most part, like the majority of them are not, not real estate owners, right? Or they're people who have just heavily invested in this dialogue of the market going down for so long that they refuse to give up because they've got too much pride on the line, right? Who else, who else is, is a bear? Daryl, that, that, you know, everybody's really. a bear right now. Well, everybody who owns real estate right now is not hoping that it goes down. They're not cheering it on. No, they're not hoping it does. That doesn't yeah. mean that you're uh, you're hoping because you're you're sure. realistic. But they're coming up with these ideas. They're like, no, 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 no. We're gonna, you know, the 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 war is gonna be over soon, and you know, immigration is gonna come up again, and uh, you know, the 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 neighborhood that I live in is 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 far superior than any other neighborhood in Toronto or Canada for that matter. And prices are only gonna climb up from here once this once this temporary phase is over, right? Like, there's lots of people who are who are bullish. If you bullish, talk to them long yes. enough, bullish you, for sure. I'm still talking to them bullish. long enough. They're going to, it'll come out at the conversation why prices will continue to rise. I, th- I think that they will. I think that there's a ton of factors right now pushing up pricing currently. Like you just said, immigration alone is pushing it up. There's no way, I don't care what anybody fucking says anywhere, there is a supply problem as well as a demand problem. They're not stopping the demand problem, which means, guess what? The supply problem doesn't stop either. And on top of the supply problem naturally just not getting solved and getting further and further away, now the developers are stopping how many launches? 5,000 is what was in the news, which is definitely wrong. I have clients personally with more than that many units that all of a sudden don't care about getting their renderings anymore yesterday, right? They're just, they're not launching. And there's a lot of people that won't launch. And guess what? There's a lot of sites with permits that are about, that we're about to launch that may all of a sudden go up for sale, right? And have to wait another year to launch because the next guy wants to go tweak it so he could make what he just paid worthwhile. And we're going to see there's so much uh, supply that won't go on the market. Developers, unless you already had a deal in the pipeline, like you're not buying anything right now. You're waiting to see what the hell's going on, at least for a few months. And that's going to slow down the development pipeline. So you've got just there alone, you have tons of pressure on pricing up, right? And are you saying interest rates being like one of the main drivers of that? No, 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 that, that, that's a screw up. I mean, that's definitely currently going to be a downward pressure, but I think that that's not like that. 
that's going to be transitory. No, that won't last very long because the market, look, the Toronto market, Vancouver market has proven time after time after time that it is resilient and it wants to go up, right? No matter what tax, no matter what policy we've put in, we, we trail back a little bit and then we go bing, back up, right? Very, very infrequently is it Canada's problem that we're dealing with in our real estate market. It's like these outside factors. Now, this time's a little different and we're all... I mean, you guys are way younger than me, but we're all young. We have, nobody has a fucking clue what they're talking about because of this inflation component now. Nobody has a clue except for these old guys, but they're so out of touch with how the economy really works right now, I think, because it doesn't work like it used to work before. It's way faster. Things happen way quicker, right? Sentiment changes when a, a, a Facebook post goes out or a Twitter post goes, goes out. So like, I, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore, but like, I, I just, I, I just see like these pressures going in opposite directions that yeah. are huge. Right. Exactly. That, that right. who the hell could know what's going to be in the next few months. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. That's the thing. I, I wouldn't trust necessarily any confidence in you know, things are going up or down just because like you said, huge pressures on both sides. Um, and you know, there's, there's, I guess, some of it is out of control. Some of it can be controlled. Um, and you know, I've, I've shared one chart on Twitter where um, just looking at, <clears throat> I guess the uh, what's it called? the uh, the Senate for Canada, and and basically we're seeing I think close to like seventy five percent is like owns property, um, another thirty percent owns rental property, right? Thirty five, yeah. Yeah, and, and so you're seeing you know the people that can make big decisions, they have a personal interest in you know keeping prices high mm -hmm. and you know maybe they can see past that and you know do things that are that are right for the country but they're they're um, heavily invested in their yeah, principal it's, residence it's difficult to do something detrimental to your own you know, wealth right yeah um, and, well and that's and, it like like yeah how many people with extraordinary amounts of wealth in real estate are pulling the strings with regards to the policy right now, people mm -hmm. kind of right. pretend that the Bank of Canada isn't kind of tied in. It's its separate kind of entity and they don't care what everybody has to say. But I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, you're not going to kill your golden goose, are you? Right. You're going to bankrupt Canada to get inflation down? Like, how do we afford the payments? How, how does Canada afford the payments now that they, I mean, how did they afford it before when it was at 0.25%? Now, what is it? Two and a half percent? How do they do that? Yeah. They, they, they push it to a later date when money will be cheaper because of the same inflation that they're fighting, right? This debt will be paid off how many decades from now, right? So, but are we, so are we seeing inflation come down? Are we going to start seeing I that? I think so. The there's, a lot of, there's a lot of articles out right now where they're talking about it just based on energy costs, uh, housing costs, uh, construction materials. Like there's already a ton of stuff that the data is showing, uh, you know, a slowdown in, infl in inflation, but for it to hit that CPI, you know, it takes like six months. Right. So and the markets right now, I think are recognizing that in a lot of areas they're saying, well, maybe we're over this and maybe we're going to start to see this, even if the fed or bank of Canada just doesn't raise rates at all, it one one announcement like one of their dates that that they're announcing their decision it's gonna like send this market up like so crazy like if they just pause one time everyone's gonna be just like making so many conclusions about like we're back baby let's go it's gonna be <laughs> bye, dangerous bye, bye. though but it's gonna yeah. be dangerous and everybody is gonna be on board with that wave everybody's gonna be yeah. like Let's yeah. go, baby. Jump on. Let's go. We've been waiting <laughs> for this for like three months. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'll take three skids of it. You know, that's it. They'll be ordering everything. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I know that the economy is bigger than this show, even though this show is pretty big. The, pretty the economy big. is bigger than this show. Um, I think, you know, the Habistat, like I, we didn't get to do a, a crazy amount of demo, but if you go on the Habistat website, um, Jeff, give us give a little shameless plug here. Yeah, so um, you know, if you're a realtor in the GTA, uh, just check out our website, uh, Uh There's a section in there for realtors specifically. You can uh, watch a YouTube um, demo, which goes through a platform, see if it's something you're interested in. 
Uh, for any viewers of the show, if you sign up, we'll give you your first month free. Just write in in the comments, uh, Toronto Real Estate Show, and, and we'll get that credit to you. Canadian Real um, Estate Show. Sorry, Canadian Real Estate Show. Um, and uh, Either you know, or. <laughs> anyone else who's uh, just interested in real estate and following you know, these key metrics in the Canadian economy, just go check it out completely free. No login, signups needed. Awesome. Cool. Definitely, definitely an amazing uh system and program using platform yeah watch the youtube video see what you can do you're not touching anything else and you know bringing this to your clients you're going to stand uh stand out ahead of the crowd so huge huge tool and um yeah we really appreciate it jeff too yeah and uh, that you can try it for free (laughs) i'm looking forward to seeing the uh the youtube headline for this one I know you, who, who writes those? Is that you, Daryl? We, uh, can you tell? we have a ghostwriter. We, we have a ghostwriter in Bangladesh. Yeah. Sometimes he's not so sure about his uh, English, yeah. but uh, we love him anyways. We've got a copywriter. Yes, there's a whole staff back here, but uh, it's hard to keep good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we end up with me and TK more often than not. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. it was great to meet awesome you. Great today. talking yeah. to you. Thank you for yeah. all that uh, wonderful insight. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back and some of those charts will be heading in a different direction the next time we talk to you. For sure. I guess it depends good on job, your perspective, though. Yeah, thanks so much. New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.